Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. This is Kelly Dean, your host and physical therapist with the Tummy Team. I'm really excited for our interview. We have a client interview today with um, an online client, Bonnie, who lives in Oregon. And she has a really um, a really great story to tell. And I'm excited to share it with you. Hi, Bonnie. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah. And thank you for agreeing to share your story. Everybody's a little apprehensive, like, do I really have much to say? And I'm like, oh, you'd be surprised. I think I think it's important for us to realize how much, you know, we can learn from each other. And I think that you have some interesting things in your story that so many of my clients would benefit from hearing and being encouraged by. So why don't we start with just sharing a little bit about yourself. Tell me, tell us about yourself, your family, all of that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Bonnie. Um, I'm a Christian. I live in Oregon. I'm married to Jeff. We have been married for 10 years and we have four kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, we've got three girls. There are six, four, and two. And then we had a little boy a few months ago. And yeah. Our family, our days are spent keeping the chickens out of the neighbor's yard and doing homeschooling and uh yeah, trying to figure out how to school with a baby and a two year old. So Oh, that's that's an adventure in itself. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about uh, and we can go into your birth stories if you want to, whichever, however we want to get there. But tell me how you came across the tummy team. What was going on in your body that you were searching the internet for? Yeah. Thing? Um, well, I developed SPD. Um, I think it's symphysis pubis disorder um, in my pelvis after my during my third pregnancy. Um, and I had gone to another physical therapist for it, but, uh, I actually didn't find you guys on my own. My sweet friend just was looking on the internet for me and she found you guys and sent me the link and I read your bio and I just thought, wow, this sounds meant to be. She actually specifically talks about SPD and she does online appointments, which by the time you get to four kids, it's like. There's no way I have the ability to go to a physical therapist unless it's like life or death. So doing online appointments has been the best thing ever. So I just read your bio and I saw that you had online appointments and thought, wow, this is a match made in heaven. And then we started doing the appointments and it was almost like a therapy session because you just helped me realize how much fear I was carrying around my SPD because it really dominated every aspect of my life and it had for several years 
Yeah, let me just explain to people that might not know much about that condition. Mm -hmm. So the pubic symphysis is a a little part of connective tissue that connects your two sides of your pelvic bone right at your groin, right in your pubic area. So this area um, is not supposed to have a lot of movement. Really, the only reason we have a joint there, the only reason we have joints in our pelvis at all is for the expansion of our pelvis to give birth. So the joints in the SI joint, sacral iliac joint in the back and the pubic symphysis are not really meant to have a lot of movement, but the connective tissue there gets a little bit extra stretchy around pregnancy and postpartum to allow for the pelvis to expand and let the baby come through the birth canal. Now, if that connective tissue becomes a little bit uh, overstretchy early on. Um, The pelvis is supposed to be one of our stable places so our legs can move freely. And when it's not that way, there's this shearing or catching or clicking um, and sometimes stabbing pain right in the pubic bone um, that happens. And it happens sometimes predictably often somewhat unpredictably when you're changing positions in bed, when you're ever in a place where your legs are split apart or like you're climbing two stairs at a time where you're kind of have one leg going one direction, one leg going the other. I say it's kind of like if we were to to split a wishbone, (laughs) that's where it feels like it would break. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and with that, with that instability that comes this apprehension, this fear of, oh, is this going to make it hurt? Is that going to make it hurt? Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, because you're just trying to hold yourself together because it hurts so bad mm-hmm. and it really keeps you from doing things. So that is a really common thing. Some people, it is fairly common in pregnancy. Not everybody has it, but if somebody's going to have it, it's usually around pregnancy or around your menstrual cycle. Um, if you're a hypermobile person, um, sometimes it's postpartum, it lingers postpartum, especially if you're nursing because hormones in nursing keep you also loosey goosey. Um, the other thing is the muscles around that area sometimes are really stretched out after delivery and the muscles support the alignment for the connective tissue to stay stable. So there's a lot of things going on, but that maybe gives people a little bit of an understanding of what we're talking about and why, why you would be scared. Right. Mm -hmm. And you were scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it affected everything and it was, it was depressing because I couldn't carry, you know, when it really developed was postpartum, my third baby, and it was painful to carry her just Mm -hmm. To walk around with her so that it was a sad thing and I had to stop going on walks and walks were like my happy place and uh, my husband would have to come home and move the laundry from one room to the other and so it just it was just so sad it impacted everything it wasn't yeah. just like oh I'm in pain it's like yeah. I can't do the basic things of mothering that I mm-hmm. enjoy and the demands of, of my life, the things that, you know, I mean, you got three kids at this point, you have laundry, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to feed them, you have to pick up things off the floor and, and you get to the point where you start like 
thinking, overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. Right? And, mm-hmm. and at this point, the pain, was it constant every day? Was it not necessarily every day, but pretty intense? What were you kind of dealing with, with after baby number three? Yeah, after baby number three, it was good for a while. I didn't even think there was a lot of issues, but then I got pregnant pretty quickly. Um, I got pregnant when I was eight months postpartum with my third. Um, Well, I got pregnant with my fourth when I was eight months postpartum with my third. And so that, that was really the really intense season. I mean, it just got more intense from there, but that's when the intense season really started because when it developed in my third pregnancy, it was, it was pretty manageable. Um, but then when I got pregnant with my fourth, that's when my life just had to stop. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just had to stop. I, I mean, truly my, I did not go anywhere. I didn't do anything. I mean, I did stuff, but I didn't, leave the house as much as I could because getting in and out of the car was painful so people would be like if you you know drop off your kids at my house I can babysit and I can help while you go grocery shopping and it's like well that it seems like it would help but actually getting the kids into the car is like the worst thing for my SVD so so it just kind of I, I was I'm a very big introvert so it was it wasn't hard in the way that like I can't leave my house but it was hard in the sense that I couldn't because I, I literally couldn't, not because it was my choice. Yeah, not because you were choosing to do it. Yeah. 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 And and did it make you, since you're experiencing this during pregnancy, did it make you nervous about the birth? Not necessarily, because from everything I had been reading about with SPD before, you know, I came to you and stuff. It was just that it was more of an out of alignment posture issue. And for me, when I give birth, I'm not straddling any. I mean, I'm like, I'm either laying down or on my knees squatting. So birth actually itself, it didn't, I mean, I'm not the physical therapist, but to me, that's not the issue, not labor itself. It's the 10, 15 months surrounding. <laughs> it's, it, I was not nervous about birth for that aspect. That's good. Cause I, I get that a lot. People are like, if I'm hurting now, what am I going to do when I have my legs straddled and I'm pushing something out? You yeah. know, like, yeah, I mean, my legs were like, you're, they're spread, but it's different because the postures that hurt it are walking with a baby or walking with a heavy laundry basket or pushing a grocery cart. And that's not the posture that you're in when you're in labor, your right. legs are actually pretty lined up. Right. The alignment of the right and left. Yeah. Yes. The other time that people like getting in and out of the car, that one foot in and one foot out or changing positions in bed where you push down on one foot to shift yeah. your hips over. Oh gosh. You know, kind of some of those mm-hmm. things Even like putting your pants on or yes. your socks on or standing up to like wash your foot in the shower, like one oh, foot, yeah. up, foot down, not an option. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I could never do that. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned mm-hmm. that you did some other things um, prior to finding the tummy team. What did you do, and how did those things help, and what was still missing? Um, well, I saw a physical therapist postpartum, my third baby. I saw him postpartum for my other two babies, but that was more just for pelvic floor weakness 
and scar tissue. Um, but I saw a physical pelvic floor physical therapist with my third baby because um, I did have pain down there. I didn't have words for it necessarily. I didn't know what it was. And so it was more, she, she was wonderful, but she didn't deal with it very often. And so we did more, we did stomach massages to loosen up tissue. And uh, I did some, uh, like I would wear a band around my knees and I would, Um, yeah Yeah. and it just did not do anything for me at all um some of those things maybe felt good in the moment but didn't always translate into making it functionally better and I think that sometimes the missing connection piece for people is like oh the chiropractor can get it back in alignment and that works until I get in the car Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes the office it's already back out yeah, that was the other thing I did. I went to several different chiropractors. I found the chiropractor in our area that did, dealt with the most pregnant women I, that I could find. And he would help, but still nothing long. really helped. Yeah. Okay. And then um, and then you found us, right? Is that yeah. the next step? Okay. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Right. And I remember, did we do the the free phone consult first Mm, yes yes yeah I remember reading your um this always makes me nervous when I read Mm -hmm. like somebody's um history and they tell me all the things they've already done um it makes me feel like oh well maybe this is maybe I'm not going to be able to help because they've done all these things and all the things they've done sound like things that I would tell them to do. So, um, but, you know, obviously I'm always going to ask the questions. Um, and, uh, and when we talked, I could start in my head, start seeing that there were some missing components, some alignment components that were missing. And even based on what you had told me you had already worked on, um, when we first started, I, assumed some things that weren't true about your body and Mm -hmm. I gave I skipped steps (laughs) I skipped steps that I would normally do with somebody that hadn't done any other work um and I kind of jumped you a little bit more advanced and we had to backpedal because I realized oh even though you had done a lot of work you had not done the foundational work that we typically do so we had to backpedal which you know live and learn and um but that was good, right? It was good, good to figure that out. Do you remember that first call with me? Um, asking me lots of questions. You, you were pretty desperate and um, discouraged. Yeah, I mean, I just remember being so excited after that because for years my life had been so limited and painful. It was just painful to live. And so after talking to you, you were just so confident that you could help me, and that just mixed with your bio of how much, not how much you talked about SPD, but that you really, really mentioned it so well on your website. I was just like, yeah, this is my girl. (laughs) And you have been, you've helped me so much, especially with the fear aspect. I'm just, you know, like you were saying the pants thing, putting on your pants just the other day for the first time, I thought I should try standing up and putting on my pants. And I was able to do it pain-free for the first time in years. So I'm doing a lot better. 
So those things make a big, big difference on our emotional and mental health and how we see ourselves, you know, it, whether we see ourselves as a broken, fearful person or as an empowered, like connected person. And, you know, our bodies were physical and emotional and spiritual beings all wrapped into one. So we can't, can't separate those things. I'm glad you were encouraged after that first session, um, you know, or that first phone call, um, you know, and we do work with pubic symphysis stuff, but it's not my focus. My focus is core, right? My focus is core and pelvic floor, functional core and pelvic floor strength. But there's a strength component to this, right? Mm -hmm. And um, an alignment component and a connection component. And when you have had chronic pain for a while, we start to disconnect from our body. We start Mm -hmm. to compartmentalize and disassociate a little bit like that zone and this zone. And I'm not going to connect there at all because who knows what's going to happen. And so there's a process to getting back to feeling some of those things and intentionally connecting and slowing down and also being really okay. You have been maybe my best student ever at being okay with baby steps. Um, I would say that is by far one of the hardest things I deal with the clients um, is and maybe the fear component helped us in that area. Not that I say that, but um, people feel start feeling better, and they jump steps, they skip steps, and then and then we hit a hit a wall. And I feel bad; they feel bad. Um, but you know, baby steps um, can be. There's still steps. We're still moving forward, and if we keep our eyes on the prize you know, then we can get there. But sometimes, especially you're still nursing a baby, you still are doing all your parenting postures. It's not like you're putting your life on hold to just do rehab. We are building rehab into your life, right? So we have to, we have to acknowledge that and respect that and honor that. Yeah. So yeah, I think the reason I'm so good with baby steps is because I've never been so good with baby steps and I've paid for it. I mean, in each of my postpartum journeys, it has been, it's brought on issues because I push myself because I do love working out so much and I do love walking so much. I want to get back to those things. And so my, I would heal up my diastasis recti and I would just get back to my working out and I developed hernias and I developed hemorrhoids and I developed SPD and almost I felt like I had prolapse. I've just, I feel like I've had so many issues that once I got to you, it was like, okay, I just have to surrender to the fact that motherhood is a sacrifice. And it's not necessarily the way I would picture the sacrifice. Like, it's just, it's such a physical sacrifice that I have to give up this not give up my love for working out, but I really, really have to relax about it because it is not serving me well. You just need to just shift the timeline. I am absolutely 100% confident that you are going to get back to almost everything you want to do exercise and fitness and activity wise. But the timeline and the, the progression needs to be a little bit more compassionate to what your body has been through. Because honestly, mm-hmm. you've given birth to four kids in six years. Yeah. Five years. 
Five years. Five years. (laughs) That's not, not, like, that is, like, we (laughs) underestimate the miracle of that and the physical challenge of that. And not only that, you've nursed these babies and you're homeschooling them. I mean, you're not, this is life. We, we, it's like, I don't know if it's the American culture or it's just our culture. And, you know, we, we, we weigh things like, oh, being able to do a kickboxing class is more essential than being able to, you know, carry my baby all night while they're breaking that tooth. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Who the heck cares about kickboxing in the grand scheme of life? I know, but that's the thing is like, it is, that is the thing that I've had to give up because those are the things that I do by myself in the morning before my kids wake up and they make me so happy. Right. And, and so, we're going to get you back to that. I know. Were they making you happy? They weren't making you happy. Is the thing is they were keeping you, yeah. they were prolonging mm-hmm. the timeline. So let's say, I mean, I'm just going to use a generic, you know, let's say that I could, I had a magic ball and I could see the future. And I said, okay, you are going to, if we do these baby steps, you know, in 15 months, when your baby's 15 months old, you will be able to get back to uh, this yoga class, this Pilates class, bike riding and um, kickboxing, you know, at this level. Um, But if you don't, it might be three years and three years of pain, right? Like if you want to do it sooner, you can do some of those things sooner, but it's going to be on again, off again. You're going to be in pain. Yes. You'll have moments of like victory and then mm-hmm. moments of devastation. Um, right. Like yeah. we're just, eventually you're going to get to the same place and Hopefully you'll be able to do all that stuff. Hopefully you'll be, you don't cause too much damage in the the process that you can never do those things. Right. Mm -hmm. But if if, I can't give people that direct timeline, there's too much, too many variables. Right. But in general, that's pretty much how I see it. Right. We are so impatient and, and want to get there. And so unoriginal to think that we can't find another way to have that moment for ourselves. Like we yeah. know like, Oh, I like this class and I want to do it this way. And that's the only way that I'm going to have this me time and this, this grounding. And we just need to increase some, some originality, some mm-hmm. variety into it. Right. Yeah. yeah and um, relax, <laughs> just relax about it so much. Pressure off, take yeah. the timeline off. Yeah. You know, motherhood doesn't like just this, you know, it doesn't end. There's no timeline on some of these things. And we put that timeline on ourselves. Yeah. You know, like this is, and and we do it in all kinds of areas. Like I want to lose this much weight by this date, you know? Um, well, if you lost that weight by two months later, would it be the end of the world if you still lost the weight? No. You know, like, I mean, sometimes uh, we are our own worst enemy, Mm -hmm. you know, with the best intentions. So I think that one of my roles with, um, with moms is giving them a pinch of perspective, Mm -hmm. 
um, so that we can have a little bit of patience. And patience is okay if we feel ourselves moving forward. Patience just staying still and stuck in one place with no hope and no um, plan is is unrealistic to ask of somebody. But if I can say I, if you can be patient and trust the process and and measure your journey with us and see the progress, then even if it's just being able to stand up and put your pants on, that mm-hmm. is progress. Yeah, that is progress, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It feels like huge progress because it's not painful anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So you now you you were at a point where you were feeling pain every day and Mm -hmm. scared of pain for sure every day. Um, And now where are you at? Like, it's not perfect, but where are we at? Now where I'm at is in general, most of my days are good. they just, I notice my SPD mainly when I don't sleep well aligned. Um, I, I'm amazed at how big of an impact sleeping with a pillow between not just my thighs, not just my knees, but between my whole upper leg and getting in and out of bed with that mermaid tail that you've talked about, which, I mean, I've gotten in and out of bed as well as I I thought I was doing it pretty good all my pregnancies, but I think doing this sleeping in the right alignment postpartum has been massive. Um, well, let me just talk about that for a minute because a lot of times people will say, you know, how should I, especially with DR, with diastasis recti, there's a lot of questions like, what is the best way for me to sleep? And I'm a big proponent of, you know, get sleep. Sleep is so important. And, you know, if somebody told me I couldn't sleep on my tummy, I might not sleep. Right. Um, but, um, one thing that I notice is that if you're waking up in pain or pain is keeping you from sleeping, then we need to look at your alignment because even though sleep is passive, so that's not like when your core work muscles should be working, your core muscles should be relaxed. But if your core muscles are relaxed and you have a tremendous amount of hypermobility or hyperelasticity in your connective tissue and your pelvis has been misaligned or craves being misaligned, it's not in the optimal alignment by, you know, it's kind of stretched out and it kind of assumes that alignment, then let's position yourself in the most supported posture we can while everything is relaxed, you know? And yeah, the moving like a mermaid, like gluing those legs together in and out of bed. Um, it, it's, it's like, let's not flare up the, the issue. Like half the solution of everything we work on is minimizing what's causing ongoing damage while fortifying and restructuring and rebalancing and strengthening the muscles that will prevent the problem in the first place. It's like, you know, it's like if you had a flood in the basement and you spend all day with buckets, but nobody turns the water off, you know, like we need to turn the water off and get the buckets and towels. You know, we need to do both sides of the equation. And that's where that mermaid and that pillow comes in into place. But anyway, back to your symptoms. So you can tell you that this is the other thing that's really encouraging is you can see 
the yeah. cause and effect, the rhyme mm-hmm. or reason, that it's not like you have to be afraid of everything. You can acknowledge, understand, and then have tools for the things that what that are happening that are triggering things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, you know, great thing I've noticed since we've started our therapy is I'm no longer fearful of taking my kids for a walk. I've only taken them on two walks, but we live in a small town. And so there's lots of trails around here. And I took them for our first walk with all four kids by myself about a month ago. And it was just the sweetest experience because it was wonderful by itself, but I didn't have pain. And the next day I was a tiny bit sore And so I had their, you know, our session and I was like, I'm not going to do it again for another month. And you were like, well, let's just talk about this. Let's see, like, did you, let's work on your alignment. Let's talk about ways that we can minimize, you know, any damage that might be done during the walk. And I went out on a walk the next day or two days later with my kids again, and I didn't have any pain the next time. Right. And And you just have to wait a month. (laughs) yeah exactly um so it's just it's very I feel like I'm very happy right now because there's just so much light at the end of the tunnel I mean yeah it's just a happy season since I met you because there's so much hope yeah good 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 and um the education is empowering you understanding your body, not feeling like, oh, this is broken. This is broken. I tried that. I tried this. You know, like there's been some trial and error in our sessions. Um, and to be clear, we have been doing individual sessions. Yeah. Um, you're not doing one of the courses. We chose to meet one-on-one um, to make things very personalized and specific for you. Um, and partly because I know you had done some stuff in the past. Um and partly because when we first started out, it was hard to know, um, was this a core issue? Was this a pelvic floor issue? What 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 was the issue to, to direct you to a specific course felt like, you know, guessing if it was going to work. And I really wanted to give you something more specific. So it's been really good. But we've had some trial and error. And that trial and error is collaborative, right? We're working on it together. Like we will. Um, I will have you try something and give you, you would give me the feedback of what seems to be working and what doesn't seem to be working. Right. Yeah. Um, sorry. So, so when in the trial and error in the empowering the education part, what I like about that is outside of our sessions, you start to see how to progress yourself right? You're starting to have the confidence to go, okay, I'm going to try this mm-hmm. and then I'll give it a couple of days and then I'm going to try this next thing. Yeah. And reducing your fear has helped that, but also increasing your understanding and awareness, I think has helped that. And, and us, like you have given me some, you know, bigger goals, like being able to ride your bike or being able to do a kickboxing class or being able to, you know, do gardening specific things. And I will show you, even though you're not ready for the full progression, I will show you how we're going to get there. Like what we're going to do this. And then we're going to work on this and then we'll add this and then we'll add this and then we'll add this. And then you're like, I mean, I see you just on the screen light up where you're like, 
the potential of that is like mind boggling mm-hmm. to you. Um, so even though I give you these baby steps, you get so <laughs> excited because you can see the the next step after that. You can see where that's going. And that and and I think you had gotten to the point where you had just kind of yeah. believed that that would never happen. Yeah. Right. My life just got so small. It just got so small because I mean we would we have this beautiful garden and it was like, okay, well, maybe in a few years I can do the gardening. Or maybe in a few years, my kids and I will go for a walk. It was just like, it was hard. (laughs) Yeah, it was so depressing, especially for someone that just doesn't live like that. So to have these several years that have just been hopeless feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not anymore. You have a plan and, and it's translating also into um you know your mothering and what you're able to do with the kids and with your family and that makes me the most happy because you know I want you to be pain free but I also want you to be pain free so you can live the life that you love you know mm-hmm. and not feel so stagnant i think also this journey has been good um for you to see like it's okay to have some boundaries on what you expect from yourself um but finding that balance between boundaries and fearful resistance to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at seeing that. So it was nice to, (laughs) I just remember when you said, I think there's fear in your life. And it was like this eye opening experience where I hadn't thought of it as fear. I thought of it as being wise because I mean, and there was wisdom to it of not moving a time with SPG you know, postpartum with my third, it it was fine, but then it translated into fear. I mean, it didn't translate, it became fear after yeah. uh, several years of living that yeah. way. Yeah. And I see that with chronic pain of all different kinds, but this is a chronic pain, chronic instability. And I think that it's important for people to understand because instability, what it might not be pubic bone pain it might not be like the the pubic symphysis it might be SI joint um it might present itself in pelvic floor prolapse it might present itself in low back going out your back going out or low back instability are we were not designed we're not jellyfish you know we were not designed to just be thrown around with every wave there is a groundedness and a stability that marries to mobility to make us efficient and, and going. And there's that grounded feeling anchored and feeling stable feeling that, that from that place is where we flourish. I think about like a tree trunk and the branches, right? If the tree trunk is constantly bending over, bending over, bending over, and even cracking or breaking, those branches aren't flourishing. Right. Mm-hmm. And the roots aren't growing out either. Right. So, so really looking at, that need for stability, physical stability, emotional as well. We all need emotional mm-hmm. stability and other types of stability in our life. But that that lack of stability, sometimes we don't have words for it. Yeah. We don't know what it is, but it translates into muscle guarding, fear, apprehension, anxiety, shutting down, disconnecting. Um, we may not know what that is. Um, but it becomes more than a physical situation. And 
even though you came to me seeking out physical support, there was a bigger picture going on, as there always is. And I think we've been able to really um, identify that and address that. And I think that's been really fun to watch you come out of that and, and still be wise. You are being smart about what you're doing. You're not being careless, but you're also being brave enough and having the courage to do stuff that I show you something. And there are times where you're like, I cannot believe I, that's my next exercise. It seems so big to you. Mm-hmm. And then you do it and you're successful and it's such an accomplishment. And I, I love that. I love that. But I I wanted people to hear that when you said I had pain, I couldn't put words to, I feel like sometimes people have sensations or have this broken feeling or this scared feeling or this anxiety that's held in their body that they don't know what that is. And that is often instability that that's, that's ultimately that what we do when we do functional core and pelvic floor strength, we're working on foundational stability so that you can get back to being mobile without the, the, it's like a marriage between stability and mobility. You need both of them. You can't be super stable and not be mobile. Then you're just a stiff board that can't move and you can't be super mobile without stability. And then you're just a floppy loppy all over the place. Right. So we need that balance between the two to really be successful. So that's what we were working on with you. So Anything else that you, like things that you wish that you would have known, anything that you know now that you, gosh, if I knew this before, that would have been helpful. Anything you want to share with people that you haven't shared so far? Well, I would say regardless of how your labor experience went, um, I think people always need to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist after they deliver their babies, even if they think it, you know, even if it was a great experience, I wish I I did see pelvic floor physical therapists, but I guess I wish I would have seen you after each one because it was pretty general. Do your Kegels lay down? I remember you talking in one of your podcasts about the ineffectiveness of laying down for a physical exam. Um, and I just think what you were saying about standing up during your pelvic floor visits, it's, it's massive because that's when the truth comes out is the heaviness that you feel it's more visible, all that. So I would definitely recommend the physical therapist postpartum, no matter what you think, if you need it or not. Um, I wish I wouldn't have worked out so hard, even though I loved it. I just wish I would have taken a substantial break instead of jumping back into it, even though I loved it. And I was it's happy. It's like it. a sabbatical. It's a sabbatical. Yeah. Like a yeah. sabbatical. sabbatical has Sabbath in it, a place of yeah. rest um, and recovery to, to be able, every performance, any kind of training does better with a balance of rest and recovery in it. And I think that motherhood needs to have some sabbatical seasons um, it doesn't mean you're done. It means that you're kind of fortifying yourself for the next, the next season. Yeah. 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 Well, and I appreciate that. And I, I love what I do. Obviously, I think anybody that has worked with me or listens to the podcast know how passionate I am about this work um, because it is life changing. It's life impacting. And um, 
And I feel like we can dismiss or the medical community can dismiss common symptoms and just say, oh yeah, that'll get better on its own. Um, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, but if it's not getting better, get help. And, you know, I am not an internal pelvic floor therapist, even when I was in the clinic. That's not what I do. But I am a functional pelvic floor therapist. Mm-hmm. I We talk a lot pelvic floor, and we're doing all online sessions, right? Mm-hmm. And about helping you know your own body, helping you know how those muscles work and structure works. And that is far beyond a kegel. And that is far beyond, you know, squeezes or certain exercises. There's a, a holistic approach to this that is a partnership. And that's why it's called the tummy team. Um, because I team with you. Um, I can't do the work for you, but I can um, give you all the tools you need to help you do the work and then encourage you and support you and adjust things along the way. So that's, that's what we do. And that's what we want people to, we do these podcasts so people know they're not alone um, and that there is hope and there are resources out there. And um, you know, it's not, how many sessions have we had so far? Three, four, three or four, three or four. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Think about the investment of time and resources in those three or four sessions. They're 30 minute sessions, people, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and how much progress you've made. And it's, it's really phenomenal and it's exciting. Yeah. Yay. Okay. All right. Thanks everybody so much for joining us for this episode of the tummy team journey podcast. And thank you, Bonnie, for being here. If you resonated with Bonnie's story, if you are wondering what's really going on, if you have SPD or some other instability or some other pain and you've tried other things and you thought it was working and you've kind of given up, don't give up. Check out what we do at the Tummy Team. See how I can maybe help you. Our courses or our resources could help you. We want you to be strong for the life you're meant to live. So check out what we do and we'd be happy to help you and we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.